This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Okay then, guys, yeah? <laughs> wonder where we're going to start this week. <laughs> Things are moving. I'm not think, sure. Think, I know, uh, our both are struggling, to be fair. Eh? Should we give them 20 minutes? <laughs> uh, five, five scene? No, okay, let's get, let's get straight into it. Jim, first of all, I think it's past tense, so we don't want to, we don't want to waste too much time on the actual, you know... You know, the, the bits that have gone, as in, should he have been sacked, should he have not been sacked? Well, we'll have to start mm-hmm. with it. Jim, you, you were pretty clear from, from word go on, uh, I think, as much on, on Sunday, certainly Monday, that you thought, no, United should be, taking, should be taking a deep breath here. They shouldn't be sacking Jack Ross. They have sacked Jack, Jack Ross. What's your take? Yeah, I, d- I didn't think they should be sacking him at the time, Eric. I thought that it, it, it had all the hallmarks um, of uh, a club with an absolutely knee-jerk reaction. That's no for a minute to accept that a 9-0 thrashing was anything other than ridiculously embarrassing and humiliating and that uh, uh, you know a, a whole load of players uh, need to have a whole long, hard look at themselves and, and the manager as well, you know, and also the people who hired them. Um, but I thought it was, uh, you know, what they, I thought they should have done was, was hung on, got through the Livy game, maybe the game at the weekend, and then... And then it, you know, taking it from there. Um, because there are obviously much deeper issues that undoubtedly we'll get into during the podcast that have led to this situation. Uh, and whether they could be fixed or not by a new man, uh, some would say are arguable. It might need to go kind of very, very deep into the marrow of the club to get this fixed. Uh, but I thought it was, um, I said at the time on a TV interview on Monday night, I thought it would be madness to, 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 to sack them. And indeed, United Bentley weren't going to sack him because they put a press release out that very afternoon saying, come and meet the manager tomorrow for his usual press conference. Then, as you know, as the courier has revealed, um, he was sacked on the way to training. So I'm not saying he shouldn't have been sacked. There's no manager should ever be immune from the sack. Was it a horror show? Yes, it was a horror show. It was a disgrace in every respect. But I thought they should have given him at least another couple of games to see whether or not he could start to turn it around. It's been an embarrassment, not just on the park. It's been an embarrassment in terms of the way the club have handled it as well. Yeah, well. Well, you've, you've you've covered a fair few bases that we will cover in more depth. But just just to, to kind of box off Sunday and the necessity of or otherwise of doing what they did, Sean. I mean, I must admit, I arrived at Tynecastle just before half time, so I didn't see the the starting lineup, and then then I had a look back and saw, it and I, I thought it was a bit of a mess of a starting lineup. I have to say, um, it was a, there was a few messages being sent. There was a, there was, I think, a few subplots, which again we'll come to. But the bit where I think I'm not, you know, when you're, we'll get into fault blame and all the rest of it. But I, I didn't, I don't, didn't, and don't see how Jack Ross was going to sort it because without, without being able to, <laughs> to effectively gut the place, because you could just look at the team he put out and the issues that he was going to have this midweek, the following weekend. The certain players he wasn't going to be playing, and certain players he was going to try and get out the door with not a lot, of, yeah. not a lot of time to do it. So when you get to these situations, apart from the fact there was a nine nil, ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's the manager that gets the bullet because the just the actual, the actual realities of gutting a dressing room. You know, they're far. It's far harder to do that than it is to 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 get rid of one man. As as sad as some people, I dare say, Jim included, would would you know see that to be uh yeah it's it's a it's a much bigger job yeah um and 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 
more time consuming you know or you would you would certainly look at it in advance and think that's gonna that's gonna cause much more hassle and take much longer so yeah um the manager inevitably <laughs> in these circumstances is, is, is more likely to be the one that gets it in the neck actually we saw that down in uh, in england as well with um Scott mm-hmm. Parker at Bournemouth after their 9-0 defeat at, at Liverpool. So he, he paid the price. And then uh, Jack Ross followed suit the next day. Um, yeah, the, the in terms of the side against Celtic, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly there were, there were eyebrow raisers within there. Lee Wilkie's actually spoken about that in his column this week as well. He said as soon as he, as soon as he saw the side, he was worried. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's difficult to get away from the sense that and I think we've had the feeling uh, over the last few weeks the last few games that that perhaps there have been some attempts at sending messages about the makeup of the squad and whatever to goalkeeper to at one Asker, point yeah. um, and what have you yet and I think there, there, there's it's potentially partially about the makeup of the squad the messages that were attempting to be sent on Sunday against Celtic but I mean it looked to me also like a bit of a power play um, on Jack Ross's part because you don't leave players yeah. as I think he's picked the wrong game, Sean, to do it. Yeah, I do as well. I don't. I don't. You don't think you leave players as senior and influential as Charlie Mulgrew and t- Tony. A TV game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Live on the telly Celtic. against the champions of last season, and a, a side who are evidently a very, very good side. Um, so that was a, an attempt, I think. It looks to me, I mean, I could be wrong, but it looks to me like a bit of an attempt at a power play uh, on Jack Ross's part. And uh, indisputably, it's failed miserably. And um, he has he has indeed now paid the price for that. Jim, as you, as you would expect, you know, Liam Fox and certain others are, are trying to, you know, it feels like it's it's they're fighting a losing battle to uh, downplay this whole idea of of it being player power. Now we hear that phrase a lot, but I I think for me, you know, have you know we all have our contacts. We speak to people. We, we, this has been building up. I think it's as as raw and as basic a player power issue as as you could possibly want. I, one to find, I think it's. I think it's. You know, Jack Ross has made. He's made mistakes, and and you know, I've never, I've never bought into the. I've kind of been in the middle as far as the, the whole. You know, there's those that have been. You know, seen Jack Ross as a future Scotland manager, and you know, an abs. You know, a, a real sort of. You know, one of one of the, the top ones in our game, and the others that have seen him as you know a total. You know, to use the sort of the phrase on Twitter, a fraud. You know. You know, old style and no substance type thing. I, I I see him somewhere in the middle, so I think he's made mistakes. But you can't get away from the noise that this. You know, this has been a like I said, the phrase player power. It's been a you know a battle that he has mm. lost ultimately. Yeah, look, there's powerful characters in any dressing room, um, and depending on the point in time you're at, and, and United were at a kind of an intriguing point in time. Um, you know, the the, the way the Ross appointment was made. Um, player power can come to the fore. Now, there are some big characters in that dressing room. If certain players kind of uh, were unhappy, didn't fancy him, didn't like his style, not keen on the training methods and all the rest that had gotten used to a certain style under Tam Courts, uh, were unhappy. Now, if, if that's the case, now, there's nothing wrong with a strong dressing room. And, and uh, in the modern game, uh, coaches, modern coaches, tend to um, want players 
um, senior players and even junior junior players to put their point and to have their point of view. It's a more democratic institution than it previously was. You know, the old kind of the old days of Jim McLean and Alec Ferguson, who simply told you this is how it's going to be. That world's moved on to um, to a, a you know massive extent. Um, however, there's a big difference between kind of you know players putting their tuppence worth in and, 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 and trying to run the show. I mean, traditionally, if you're thinking that in any dressing room, senior players will have that's the reason you've got club captains. You know, will have a massive presence. You know, they'll keep the dressing room in order. They'll act as a link quite often between you know other players and players' issues on bonuses and all the rest of it between them and either the assistant manager, coach, uh, and and the, the, the boss himself. You know, um, but. By the sound of it, this this one has, has has resulted in a complete clash of personalities and ideas and all the rest. And now, when that happens, um, you know, only one thing. There's only one victim, and that's the manager, because you can't sack a dressing room. You can't sack three, four, five players who are on contracts worth maybe you know two hundred two hundred grand a year or whatever, because the costs are simply too exorbitant. It's much cheaper to sack the manager. My suspicion is, had Jack Ross put a team out. Either with or without, um, you know, some of the players they put Johnny Watt and and uh, a Charlie McGrew who were dropped. Both players that I think still are, are very very decent players. If he'd put them out either with or without them, and they'd lost three 0 to Celtic, or they'd lost three one, or, or even four 0 I think he would have still been in a job. It was mm-hmm. the scale and the manner of the defeat. Now, do I believe that players chucked the towel in? I, I, I don't think, and I, I just can't conceive of players going out deliberately on a part to try and get a manager to boot. I just think, A, they were undone by arguably the best Celtic side I've seen in about 30 years, who have got a swiftness about tempo, movement, and uh, just general touch of the ball that United couldn't cope with. By the time you're at five or six, the heads have gone down. There's no doubt about that. Did they chuck it? That, that's that, that, It's kind of cliched. I think undoubtedly they'd kind of given up the ghost in terms of they just knew they weren't getting back into the game. They knew that, and they knew that that moment was gone. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a, you know, I dislike saying that players had chucked it. I mean, I don't think they kind of, you know, they deliberately threw the towel in. I think we've all been there. We've been there whether you're a runner doing a marathon, you hit the wall. I think that's what happened. They hit the wall at five, at six. They knew they were hiding to nothing. The heads went down. I don't think they deliberately uh, bend their effort. They just went down and and basically the gas went out, their, you know, went out the balloon. It was as simple as that. But there are loads and loads of issues, I think, that have to be tackled here at Tannadice now because if there is an issue with player power, um, then the new individual coming in, uh, and Tony Asgar said to me yesterday in a long conversation I had with him that they would definitely take their time on this one. Um, if there's a new, well, there will be a new guy coming in, whoever it is. Let's go for a woman. Um, uh, th- 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 there are lots of issues here to sort out uh, because ultimately there can only ever be one um, manager. And I don't think that if there has been player power and there has been some kind of mini revolt, I don't think you can get away with that a second time um, because then then the owner of the club, and ultimately, uh, you know, that will be Mark Ogren, will have some big decisions to make. Oh God, I mean, I wouldn't know where Mark Ogren would, would start, Sean. I mean, Jim mentioned the statement. I mean, what did you make of it? I, th- I thought, to me, the, the, the anger seeped out of it. I don't know how what your your first take was when you read it. I mean, he didn't he didn't thank Jack Ross for starters. Now some people would say, "Well, are you going to thank a manager who slipped the bottom of the league?" And just, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I kind of get that, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But usually, these even in the most extreme of circumstances, they tick the PR box, don't they? It's all very it's all very polite, you know. Thank you, thank you, cursory, you know, on you go type thing. But it felt like a it felt like a man who is absolutely furious at how things panned out, how things are panning out 
he he didn't see this when he, he popped over and he was out, you know, having his pints in the uh, the snug or whatever it was, you know, before the Alkmaar game. I mean, he he his his head must be absolutely swimming with stuff just now. Aye, well, I mean, who could, who could blame him? Maybe the same as a supporter, but I mean. Supporters have their their stake in the club, small one, you know, whatever. Uh, it may be significant to them in terms yeah. of finance. How does he get a grip on it? How does he get a grip on it, Sean? How can he have a grip on it? He can't have a grip on it, can he? Over, he's not, he's not got. Well, he's got his Tony Ashgar as 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 his man. Yeah, over well, that, here, he's but. he's the he's the grip on it on on Mark Ogren's behalf, yeah, uh, because that's the that's the way that, that, that they've chosen to set the business up. So, yeah, the the, the grip on it that Mark Ogren has is is, is via via Tony Asgar. Um so that's that's where it is. But I mean you can't I, I personally I, I, I couldn't I couldn't quibble with, with Mark Ogren perhaps being being a bit upset about the situation <laughs> yeah. because uh, he's put there's a hell of a lot of money in there of his and you know it's, it's, we've discussed this before. Um so as well as and you know a businessman will 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 separate attempt to separate the the business from the personal, you know, but when 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 money is, you may well have put it aside for business, but it's still coming out your pot, you know. So there there, there has to be a bit of the personal wrapped I'm up just, in it. Sorry, um, I'm just pi- I'm just picturing the, the rough draft being sent by one of the United PR men over to America, and it co- and it coming back with you know you with know the red, the red pen, pen yeah. over the <laughs> over the bit thanking Jack Rosen. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's it, well. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I, I actually haven't checked this out, but maybe, maybe the convention in, in the states is different when owners <laughs> uh, bid farewell to to coaches that are that have been punted. Uh, perhaps they don't get thanks. Uh, I'll need to check that out. Well, um, I, th- I think that I think that the American owner Ron Duncan at Hibs uh, did thank Ron Gordon, Jack, didn't he? You know, yeah. uh, Ron Gordon. Ron, yeah, Ron Gordon. Um, see, the, there's a difference as well. I mean, Ron Gordon. Well, he went. He went. He went one further. He didn't just thank yeah, him. He well, said he made a mistake. I mean, Ron Gordon. I mean, there's a difference. I mean, you know, to, to a great extent, you've got Mark Ogren sitting across here in the states as an absentee landlord, and, and, and a board Tony Asgard and a board are running things here for them. Whereas Ron Gordon, uh, if he doesn't live here, and I think uh, you know he, he's here a, a great deal. Um, has his son actually in the club, so he's so Hibs are micromanaged, albeit it's an American owner. And and uh, you know Tim For Keys at worse, Dens Jim. has, has <laughs> yeah no indeed Tim Keys at Dens has his his man um, John Nelms a, a fellow a fellow American in actually running the show kind of day to day. So there are there are kind of subtle differences there. But I thought you know would you expect him to thank him? Yes, because bluntly that's the way it's done. Um, uh, uh, so he doesn't. He doesn't thank Jack Ross, um, and I know that's a difficult thing to do, given the results have been absolutely dreadful. Um, but I, I was taken by the line where he said, "Such actions are never taken lightly." And as a board, we took a period of reflection and information gathering after Sunday's game before arriving or before coming to a decision. It might also put we, we should have taken a period of reflection and information before appointing Jack Ross. Because, you know, have they done their homework? Now, in the nature of things, uh, Mark Ogren wouldn't have known Jack Ross from uh, from you or me or, or, you know, the rest of mm-hmm. us. I mean, so, you know, obviously that would be down to the board and, and, and Tony Asgard, people who, I mean, Tony will have known, well, does know Jack. I mean, Tony will have known Jack since, you know, even before he was involved in the agency when he ran organised tours for football clubs and all the rest of it, you know. Um, you'd have known him well. So, I mean, you know, people should know the man. Uh, and, you know, w- w- when you know the club, as, 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 as the people running it should do, you, you know the big characters in the dressing room. You know potentially, you get a feel for things, you know. Here's the guy that looks like we're going for, what are you thinking and all the rest. You know, if, if you put a great deal of store by democracy and players saying all the rest of it, you would probably kind of, 
you'd probably get a, a, a quite quick f- feedback. Oh, hang on a second, we don't fancy him. We don't, you know. So, I mean, the reflection. I mean, I know there is now a feeling at at Tannadice that that you know that maybe Jack himself jumped too quickly to get back on the horse. That they think maybe he wasn't ready. He was still kind of stunned from his experiences at Sunderland and Hibs. There may well be something in that. Um, but that you know that's why people are are, are very well paid, highly paid, um, and. You know, to, to, to kind of look long and hard at the kind of candidates that they're, they're going to bring in uh, and assess whether or not the right man. I mean, this is 2022. You know, modern methods of employment have, have improved beyond sitting down interviewing someone and thinking he sounds like a good guy. You know, so um, United have made a major mistake here um, in, in the hiring and not understanding the reaction that they might get in the dressing room and not understanding what they were bringing to to the party. And and the problem is, you know, what, the, the point I was trying to make on Monday night, I wasn't saying don't sack him. I thought they still think they should mm-hmm. have hung on for a few days yet, a few games yet, um, because it, it just really does seem like an incredible knee-jerk reaction for a professional club. But, the, but you know, you, you look at it and you think, this is, this is obviously there's been massive pressure from the fans and all the rest of it. That'll have got to Tony, that will have got right through to Ogren, and, and they've taken this immediate decision. But they've now, they're now going away to search for their fifth man manager in what three years I mean that's you know if you're trying to build stability at a club where you're handing it two and three year deals for players and you're bringing through a youth system and and all the rest of it you know the other thing you need stability in is is coaching and your manager however whether he described him as coach or manager you need a degree of stability there and now we haven't had it we've seen Robbie Nielsen uh, going we've seen um, Mickey Mellon going we've seen Tom Courts going um and, and now Jack Ross has gone, albeit in, in different circumstances from the rest, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, and you will now have, someone will always take the job. I mean, I know some of the names that have been thrown in already because agents just throw their names in. But you will be looking, um, that, that might be somebody coming from the United States. Sounds, like fr- sounds like your front garden, Jim. That's the sound of Dundee City Centre. I'm, I'm sat in the meadow side oh, offices is, at the John, moment. So, that's, uh, yeah. so, I mean, you know, so this, I mean, it has been a, an absolutely horrendous run of results for the club. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, but there's a massive decision now. I mean, there'll always be somebody who'll throw their name in the hat for this. But the kind of you know the big name kind of managers that a lot of people want to think. But we'll be looking and saying, well, what are the issues here? Can I fix them? Will I be given time to fix them? Um, will the players buy into me? And if they don't buy into me, if I want to do what Jack Ross does and kind of lay the law down, uh, will I also be subject to a potential kind of you know a people's revolt to put it that well, way? Well, that's you know, that's so that's. No, you're, you're, you're hitting on a fundamental point there, Jim. And I think we're not being wise after the event here because we were, we've spoken about this from, from the moment Jack Ross got appointed, that the model the model at Dundee United, the model at any club, is critical to the type of manager you appoint. And Jack Ross, in his very first press conference, was, was keen to get that point across that he was, I don't think he used the words, I'm a manager, but he was basically saying... Exactly that he that is. The message, he is. Man. He is a manager. Mm-hmm. He's different to. He's different to Tam Courts. Well, maybe I think some people would maybe say Tam Courts towards getting towards the end of his his tenure was feeling more as if he was a manager rather than a head coach. You know, he he, he matured in the post. He, he you know he he grew more confident. His personality got bigger. You know, he probably felt he wanted to make more of the decisions. He's probably moved away from 
you know, I, th- I, th- I think I'm right in saying, Sean, you know, at the early stages, he was making a big play of, defe- not deferring is maybe the right word, but, you know, including, you know, his senior players, you know, he was leaning on some of them to, to a certain extent, which was just natural. So you you, you put a, a Jack Ross in there who wants to be... It's completely different It's dynamic, completely yeah. different dynamic. So I think United, they've got no choice but to go back to what they did before because that, that quite clearly worked unless you're going to, unless, as Jim said, and results change everything, that's been the problem. But unless you're going to say to a Jack Ross type, okay, you do what you want, you shape the dressing room as you want, Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, I, I totally take that point actually, and and I remember saying when when Tam Courts uh, succeeded Mickey Mellon actually that, that there there were some uh, dissenters as there always will be about any appointment, but there was some it's, he, he, there was a lot of complaints about the lack of experience that he had at the top level in management, whatever that being precisely zero effectively, um, but uh, at the time I remember saying I thought it was a bold move, and actually mm-hmm. it fit it fit what United were looking to do. Mm-hmm. If if you look at all of the discussion of their business model and everything, it made sense for United at that time. So actually, if anything, Jack Ross is is is, is was something of a of an eyebrow raiser. I can see why they went for him, by the way, because uh, regardless of what, what's happened here, I do I do still I still believe that he's 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 a decent coach. I do as well. Um, and yeah. I just think I just think it got to the point at, at United where where that became irrelevant to the discussion because the situation had got away from him, and and there was there was not going to be any retrieving of, of it. The, the thing is um, now the one thing the one point I do want to make is actually, and I'm not I'm not making this point because it's it's my personal position on it or anything. It's just purely devil's advocate and trying to bring as many points of view into it as possible. If we're talking about player power and you know Jack Ross sending messages and with his team selections and such like. Might it be the case that, that that certain players might have a reason to feel that they'd perhaps not been given the chance to to look as good as they possibly could under Jack Ross? Because if 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 it's possible that Jack Ross might have been you know sending messages about the balance of the squad with with certain team selections under those circumstances, the, you could see how a, a group of players might think, well this decision making isn't giving us a chance to look our best it's actually putting us in a position where we're vulnerable to looking bad mm-hmm. and under those circumstances you could almost see why a player might go well this isn't right i don't like this this is this is not helping but, us uh, sean that goes back to what we talked about i mean the, the, the modern game is different i hate, I hate using that term the modern game but life moves on you know I mean and, and any I mean I, I know that kind of the BBC you know when I started kind of 30 years ago it'd be both firstly as a freelance part time then eventually full time on staff and all the rest I know that the, the change in the dynamics in, in a working office have been dramatic at one time pretty much you know the producer or the editor laid the law down um, within quite a, a relatively short time frame you know journalists were arguing their toss what about this what about that don't like this don't like that I mean, that's the nature of the, the working environment everywhere so there's no reason that football wouldn't reflect that, and and your you know your most valuable commodity are your players, and I I mean I still think that there's a good squad at United. I mean I think on yeah. I know it's not played on paper. When you look at that squad, you think that is a good squad. I know there have been issues recently, Watt and McGrew and you know various other players. I think these are good players. You know I mean I, I, so you need someone to get to get the best out of them. So it does be there's, there's a democratic deficit. I think when. 
you know, when you either have a manager, I'm not saying this is what happened at Tannadice, when you have a manager who completely wants to lay the law down or players who kind of completely want their own way, the, the, the balance is always in the middle, but always the balance will err in favour of the manager because ultimately his his neck will be on the chopping block. And of course, at United, you've, I mean, bear in mind, the, the Jack Ross thing kind of came, you know, the courts thing didn't take most of us by surprise, you know, a couple of weeks before he yeah, went, when he, he, he was going to go. And, and I, st- I still, I still have my doubts about why Tam Court's left to go to, with all due respect to Honved Budapest, because, you know, Hungarian football, and, and, and you know, I, I certainly don't want to uh, lash Hungarian football because we'd, you know, be rich of us. You, uh, you missed an open goal there, Jimmy. You didn't want to goulash, goulash yeah. football, no? <laughs> yeah. I know. I thought about it. I thought even for me it was a bit too far, you know. But well done for you picking yeah. the button I, up I think he's one. picked up. <laughs> but I mean, I just, you know, you think. I think he's so, picked up. I think Court's, Jim, you're maybe going to say it, but I, th- I think Courts picked up a club after he decided he wanted out of Dundee United. I don't think he's left Dundee United. Yeah, so why, so why did he want so out? I, That's, yeah. I, and listen, United fans are culpable in this as well, many of them. You know, I mean, uh, you know, Stephen Thompson, who had a love-hate relationship with, you know, um, <laughs> he, he used to say, be careful what you wish for. And there might be a lot of United fans at the moment kind of wondering uh, 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 about that. But I mean, Courts, you know, he was boring, didn't like the football. He got them to fourth top in the league and qualified for Europe. You know, we don't know what he might have done had, had he stayed, had he lingered, you know? Um, because... <clears throat> You know, there certainly didn't seem to be any indication of any unhappiness about the dressing room when when, when Tom was in charge there. So, you know, um, it took a wee while as well for Jack to come in. I mean, we, you know, so w- w- did he have doubts? Did United have doubts? Was he simply thrashing at the best possible terms? Did he have doubts about, you know, the kind of things that he might encounter, which, you know, it now appears that he that he, he did encounter. Did he have doubts about all these things and try to get them sealed down? And, and you know, unless he comes out and talks, we'll not know. And then we know that people in football tend, you know, by and large to, to talk with kind of, you know, in riddles. So you never actually really know what happens, you know, and we tend to have to kind Kind of rumorize if I can put it like that. So, you know, there's a whole lot of issues here, I think, that are going to be fixed. But the main one is that they're going to have to get a manager, take the time, get a manager, and try and solve some of these the, the, these issues which have obviously led to, to Jack Ross's departure because he didn't become suddenly a dreadful manager overnight. I, I think the point I was trying, I'm sorry, Eric, I think the point I was trying to make to try and sum it up and, and make it as, as, as clear as possible is if we're talking about player, player power in a negative sense, right? Is there actually some justification for a group of players mm-hmm. to, 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 I don't know if mutiny is the right word, but to, to, uh, because that maybe isn't what's happened here, but is there a justification for a group of players to feel aggrieved if there's a perception that a manager is prioritising sending messages over making them look as good as they possibly can as a site? Because that, I mean, that, that, that's not a great environment. Well, now, I mean, I'm not saying that that's I mean, what, Tony, Tony, what happened if, there. I mean, Tony Watt was was getting picked up. You you'll know this better than me, Jimmy. You, he was getting. Was that not the first game he was left out on the Celtic game? I think he was. He was still starting up until he still started the St. Mun game, didn't he? Yeah, um, I mean, it's, so it's not as if it's not hmm. as if he's been. Yeah, look, it does look like with the Celtic one in particular. You know, you've got you've got a. a if you've got young defenders on the park and they're up against the best team in the country and oh, they're the absolutely ripped, mm-hmm. yeah. ripped apart, right? And that is what happened. Like, you can't address that up. They were getting torn to shreds, right? You've got an experienced defender sitting on the bench and you don't put them on. Then that is, it looks like a message, doesn't it? Because it is a message. So, <laughs> well, yeah. So, 
if if there is a perception amongst the group of players that that's the priority rather than protecting the players who are on the park and and, and putting someone on who could maybe help them uh, to to retrieve the situation a little or at least not let it get any worse, then you know players under those circumstances will will surely think this is this is not an environment I'm, I want to play in. Yeah, I think by by that stage it was done anyway, wasn't it? You know, so yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think yeah, I think he's made a big mistake. Messages going both ways. He's made he's <laughs> made he's made a big mistake. Yeah, he, he really has made a big mistake. But Jack Ross, in terms of that whole the whole Celtic, mm. I, I think you know. I yeah, think, but, I mean, the the problem. I understand what you're saying with that, and I've got a, a lot of sympathy with that. But then you know, the side that got sconed seven 0 for Markmar had had you know. Uh, uh, Tony Watt in it, had yeah, Charlie Mulgrew yeah. in it, you know, had, had Ryan Edwards at the centre of defence and had, uh, you know, uh, what do you call him, the, the Australian fullback yes. uh, played, didn't he? Um, or, or well, that, that night that night looks the, the yeah. genesis of the entire collapse, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. that's, 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 that's where, it, where it stems from. Yeah, that's where it went mental. But, I mean, the, fa- the fact of the matter is, and I think, I mean, we, we, we've seen Liam Fox in his, in his press conference, um, the first one that he's done as interim uh, boss on this occasion, um, uh, the, one of the first questions he was asked was about whether whether the players had, had sort of down tools, you know, mm-hmm. and he was he was staunch in his defence of them, and I can understand why he was. But the reason that suspicions are raised along those lines is because the sheer number of goals conceded over those four games, it's 23 goals conceded by a, a team of, on paper, as we say, yeah. decent professional footballers. Now, I'm sorry, it's very, very difficult to look at that and, and as a reasonable person and think that that's all down to coaching and organisation. I think I think there's a suspicion that creeps in that there's got to be something else going on there because r- running surely on, on professional pride alone, you, you can't be shipping that many goals. And I yeah. think that's why people have started to, to think, what's going on there? This, this is... This is a, a real situation. Clearly, it is a real situation, and this is this is why the question's been addressed to Liam Fox about have, have the players down tools there, because that amount of goals is just yeah. an astonishing amount of I goals. You, to ship. I tell you what, though, guys, when you're looking at what why things have gone wrong and the importance of different individuals, it doesn't have it doesn't have speak to the importance of getting your uh, and I guess maybe we can we can go back to Jim McIntyre and Billy Dodds. It doesn't have speak to the importance of getting your. Uh, your right hand man in there because yeah, John Potter point, yeah. from everything I've heard about him, he was brilliant at not running a dress room, but he was brilliant at being that middle man between um you know, playing the role a manager can't play. He would he would let, you know, he would be he would let players, you know, sort of show their personalities, but he he wouldn't, you know, he would be he would be in charge of that environment, you know, and I think Jack Ross not having John Potter, you know, I don't know Liam Fox, but I don't get the impression, you know, it's you, what's, who's he had in there? He's had Liam Fox and Adam Ashgar, whereas if John Potter had been in, in there with him, I think this would have been an entirely different, entirely different story. And it just shows you how important, you know, I don't need to tell you that, Jim, you know, it just shows you how important that role is. You know, McLean had, had Walter Smith, and you, you go back through them all, you know, Sturrock had John Blackley, yeah, just huge, hugely important role that, that people underestimate. And I think that's a massive, massive part of the, the story for 
why it hasn't worked at United. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the, 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 the issue now, um, Eric, the, one of the phrases, great phrases in modern life uh, with politicians and, and football people is that we'll learn from this, we'll learn lessons from it. And there are a great many lessons to be learned. And United are right this time, I think, to you know to take their time, not rush into anything. Although in saying that and not rushing into it, uh, unless Liam Fox can suddenly transform things, <clears throat> you know they might end up two, three games in, actually being in just the same situation had they allowed Jack Ross to uh, to continue and maybe turn things around. So I think there's lots of lessons to be to be learned from it. But I mean, the, the main lesson uh, here is they absolutely have to get the right management team in uh, this time. Now, whether that's a, whether or not it's going to be a manager who comes in and says, "I want to bring my own man, my own people with me," um, and that that becomes an issue. Um, is is there an issue that they, I mean, I spoke to. Uh, well, how can I put this? Someone in management at the moment, it might well be a candidate for this, um, uh, you know, for the United job, but um, he would not be prepared to take it under the, the current situation um, <clears throat> with a director of football. You know, so there are some people, you know, certainly some experienced managers who are just not keen to buy into to that model. So, you know, right away, there, there are a chunk of people excluded. I mean, there'll always be somebody will take it. There'll always be somebody will take the job, but you narrow... You narrow your choice down, uh, w- w- A, with the model. I don't think the model is going to change. That's the model United want to go with, and that's fair enough. No, neither should it. No, no, that's right. It's, it's, that's that's. I mean, and, and that that's my that's one of my issues with with fans that complain. Um, you know, I mean, Tony Asgard gets the boot put in. We, I mean, you know, by and large, I think Tony has uh, and uh, Mark Ogren have. Uh, I mean, you think where United have come from three and a half years ago? In many respects, it's actually been a remarkable job. Um, but that's the nature of football. You know, two or three. Misstepped or a big slip, like you know, it's happening at the moment. Then people are on uh, are on the case, but I keep saying it to people. People, you know, there's a lot of United fans who want Tony Asgard at the building. I say, well, the, 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 the this is the model the owner is happy with. He's put about fifteen million pound into the club. If you want to run the club, do what the Motherwell boys did, do what the Hearts boys did. You know. Um, actually, you know, have a supporters buy you. Until such times as you do that, then you've got an American owner who wants this type of model. Uh, and that's the type of model that anyone coming into manager club is going to have to work with. So that, that will cut some people out and it'll bring some other people into the frame. It feeds back into what Eric was saying before about about what should they be looking for now. And we're, we're going back to a court's type, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I, I, because if that's, if that's the model, time. then that's yeah. that's what fits. That, that's it? right. It's I mean, you you are effectively you're a coach. You know, you you're not a manager. You're a coach, and you may well have to be. I mean, we, we, you, I mean, I, I talked to a, um, uh, another manager last night who actually works with the director of football. You've been speaking a lot of yeah. Folk. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> nature of the beast. You know, I mean, you know, at, at times like this, you know, people are phoning you. You're phoning them just to you know catching up on things and all the rest of it. You know. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was just saying that, you know, the, the relationship they've got is, is quite, the director of football will come with, you know, a couple of players, you know, and say, you know, what about these? These look good, you know. Um, he said he kind of balks a wee bit when the director of football comes and says, here you are, sign these two, you know, or sign these four or whatever. He said, but it's, it's, it's a collaborative process. And and that's the nature of the beast. It's, it's, it's kind of like Twitter football, isn't it? There's there's loads of kind of nuance and shades of grey in between times, in between, but but nobody really pays attention to them. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult model. It doesn't suit everyone, but it's the model that United have got and it's the model United and the owner want to work with, you know, and I, I, I don't see that changing. Although, you know, I mean, you know, Tony Asgar's well aware of this. He's under pressure as well. He's got an owner who wants to protect his investment. Uh, he's put a lot of money in. So, you know, the, the notion that, 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 you know, there's a Machiavellian kind of 
um, director of football or sporting director, uh, you know, Tony's pulling pulling the strings. I think it's just, I mean, it's, you know, folk have kind of, you know, those who pay attention to these things have a kind of either a, a definite kind of um, negative view or a positive view, um, uh, you know, on, on, on the sporting director. Um, he gets in the neck from some others have been unconcerned. But the bottom line is, remains, that's the model United are working with. So far, it seems to have worked pretty well. How, uh, Sean, how deep do you think the wounds are in terms of, you know, we're, we're about, United are about to play Livingston. Um, you know, the, the, the Premiership games will come thick and fast. Jim touched on, on Twitter and the reaction. That's the only reaction we have to go on just now until fans are actually in the ground. But do you think the way this one is built the story around right or rightly or wrongly, player power, I'll go back to that phrase. You know, that that perception is undoubtedly out there among the United fan base. Um do you see this being the usual one where a couple of results, United are in the quarterfinals of the cup, they get a new manager yeah. and the story moves on, all is forgiven, yeah. or do you think wounds are, are deeper now and that No. No. <laughs> you think no, we're just fickle as fickle as I think it's the former. I think it's uh, <laughs> fo- fo- football fans will football fan. Yes. And I think uh, ultimately if you get a couple of wins in the bag it'll it'll, it'll I mean, there, there may be undercurrents, but I think in the main, the, the, the vibe will, will shift towards the positive because... To be honest, probably you know, because people, Jack Ross has been in the building. That, there's, no, there's no great big No, there's loyalty. no particular attachment yeah, to Jack yes, Ross, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. So there, he wasn't there long enough for that to develop. So, um, and, and I think while, while there, there may be a perception that, you know, certain players have things to answer and, and people at the club might have questions to answer about, uh, about the situation itself, I also think fans will will look at will look at Jack Ross and think that it's a situation that's been mismanaged by him also. So I think it's there, there's blame to be spread around really. So therefore, I, I do think fans will be looking for a clean break and they'll be looking for a positive turn. And and, and if that if that arrives, then that that will become what we're all talking about, you know. Um, so, yeah, and, and and the interesting thing, I suppose, I mean, we, we could do the post mortem all day, really, and, and, and we've done it for <laughs> done it for a while already. <laughs> but uh, um, looking forward, the story will very quickly be, you know, who's coming in and um, go on then. Well, I, I mean, we're we're looking at a Livingston game. I don't, I'm not going to get too far into it because obviously that's uh, going to be irrelevant to people listening later. But I do think that that an interesting thought is Liam Fox himself, because um, he's been at the club for, for a good few years. He knows the uh, the system and the setup that we've talked about and the, the, the working model. He's, he's familiar with that. He's familiar with the players. Um, now, what he would need in order to become a legitimate candidate for that job, I think, is wins. I don't think there's any way he gets that job without wins. So, in his stint as, as interim boss, if he can if he can get that side playing and get a couple of wins under his belt I think he becomes a I think he becomes a legitimate candidate because he is he's a younger he would be a younger choice and he knows that he knows the club he knows the players and if, if, if the players are familiar with him and enjoy working with him and he can get them playing they get a few wins I think he becomes a candidate without the wins he doesn't but he, he's the one that's 
I, it just interests me as I thought. I think it, he's got a chance if he can get them playing. I think he's in poor position, uh, Sean. You know, I mean, he's uh, you've absolutely nailed all the, all the key points there. And you've, and you've got, sorry, Jim, and you've got to take yeah. in the fact that the, the, he's the cheapest option as well. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, that matters well, at the moment, well, doesn't it? You know, uh, given yeah. that, that, that Mark Ogren is probably now looking, can it see if there's anything left in his, in, in his bank account? I mean, <laughs> I mean, oh, listen, look, there's the other thing. Take aside the money that, that United have, uh, that, that Mark Ogren has put in to do all the things at the club. The club are, the accounts I think are uh, by all accounts looking quite healthy. I mean even as a law student I hated doing accountancy. It was one of the areas I hated doing but um, the accounts are about looking quite healthy. The intent, they, uh, they're going to turn a profit um, uh, and all the rest of it. So you know I mean th- this has been a dire period but it's been a really short dire period in basically three and a half years where the club has made dramatic progress. Are there things to be sorted out undoubtedly? Um, is Fox in, in, in a position where he may well land the gig? Um, well you know, if, if he gets the wins, what, what if he starts to get the wins and the players respond to him and it looks like it's a happy dressing room again, why wouldn't you? You know, um, because th- 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 this is this is absolutely a huge, a huge moment for United here. If they get this one wrong again, and and it has been wrong on both sides, obviously. I mean, maybe you know, maybe Jack Ross took, maybe that's the reason it took a bit longer than we thought that he uh, there might have been uncertainty in his own mind about it. I don't know, you know, where he thrashed terms out. Um, maybe both sides got it wrong and, and it's maybe one of these kind of marriages that, that they're going to have to kind of put um, you know, kind of almost like a kind of uh, a Las Vegas kind of marriage that they're going to have to put behind them <laughs> very, very quickly, you know, um, and move on to the next thing. And if they get it right, great. Elvis you know, stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not too late uh, to, to recover. Um, you know, uh, top you know, top four might be behind them now, you know, but I mean, not too late to recover, but it's a huge, an absolutely huge appointment. That's why one thing they are doing uh, properly is taking their time this time, not going to rush into it, you know. I think, are there three games before the international break, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, give or three, take, three uh, excluding games. maybe the Lily yeah. game. Um, so, you know, absolutely the right thing to do now is to take time on this uh, and make sure that they do their homework properly on the man they're bringing in. Uh, and, and the man they're bringing in is also going to have to kind of address it because you know football's a global village people this will be the talk of the stream you all there's players on your Twitter on the show this happened that happened whoever's coming in needs to kind of address these issues and say what is the story what you know what assurances do I have or is this a lot of nonsense is this just the rumourville uh, and all the rest of it you know so they're as well taking time to get all of this sorted out and I actually think Mark Ogre needs to come across as well and actually be um, you know uh, be involved you know maybe for a, a week or so yeah and I know you've put Liam Fox's name out there, Sean, but I think we can we can rule out the uh, for the reasons we, we spoke about, however many minutes ago it was. You know, we can you can rule out the the Michael O'Neills, the Derek McInnesses, the mm-hmm. the Tommy Wrights, even you know the ones the the managers as you know the. Mm-hmm. the don't want to call them old school, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more experienced and 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 with you know perhaps a preference a preference and and and. Uh, a kind of comfort with working in a different way, a more all-encompassing way. Yeah, those guys. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so on this occasion. Um, that it would be that uh, in O'Neill's case. I, I mean, I think probably, probably, I might be wrong, but probably financially, he would be out of reach yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, um, you know, I spoke to um, uh, an agent 
yesterday south of the border who was telling me that, you know, Alec Neil moved from Sunderland on 30 grand a week to 60 grand a week at Stoke. I mean, that, if that's well, an indicator, you, you know, I mean, it just that, that, that kind of blows Scottish football at the water, you know. Jim, it's, 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 it's Duncan Ferguson as, as, you know, when you, when I, when I, I first heard it, you think, oh no, surely not. You know what I mean? Duncan Ferguson is far too big a name to be involved with, with United. Is it fantasy? Would it be? Would it just be? It would be box office, but would it just be? Would it so be something you just boxing just, office? Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, it would be. It would be dull, that's for sure. But he's going to have to start somewhere, isn't he? And he's not going to start. Uh, he's not going to start in the English Premier League, is he? Uh, no, as his own man. No, um, I, I, I don't know. You just, you just never ever know. Um, you know. Do you know the man at all, Jim? Do, just do you, do you know Duncan? Just vaguely, you know, very few dealings, um, Eric. So, I mean, what, I hesitate to say what has he done. He's a, a star-studded um, playing career. Um, you know, a very short interim period. At Everton. What's he learned behind the scenes and all the rest? I don't know. I mean, I can I, 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 More and more, I'm becoming a fan of people learning their trade at lower levels. And if they're going to make their mistakes, they make them at a lower level. I think it would be a big, big gamble. He would. He would stage. probably see United as that level, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, look, that, yeah. that's the truth of the matter. If you've served, you know, if you've served. Um, your, your your apprenticeship in football, and you've come through, and you've played it at the kind of levels that Duncan Ferguson has played. This is no, you know, this is no talking Scottish football down. I mean, we are nowhere near the kind of levels. Uh, 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 you know, uh, maybe Celtic Rangers heading that direction, but you know we're nowhere near the kind of levels that Ferguson has operated at in terms of the club. I mean, you've only got to see the kind of transfer fees that are thrown about nowadays, even at the lower reaches of England. The, the, you know, the, the money that I've just mentioned with managers we've just talked about know, Alex Neil, eh? Different. I, I mean, it's on a it's on a different planet. It's on an absolutely different planet, you know. I mean, you know, the the agent I talked about yesterday, based in the south. Um, he was heading down to Essex to do some kind of deal. And he was talking about wages that are just, you know, what you what you call the old third division in England. You know, they're just they're absolutely beyond beyond the the realms of, of believability for Scottish clubs. You know, so that that applies to to managers. Not Duncan will be short of a ball or two, I wouldn't imagine. You know, but I mean, I, I, my suspicion is that that's probably kind of a bit of a fantasy. But you never know. The one thing at football to do. You know, Never discount anything because you just never know what boards or owners will do. It's a bit like uh, St. Johnson fans, if they're not happy with Callum Davison and some aren't, they're always, they throw in it, Jody Morris, Jody, you know what I mean? And at one point it was Graham Jones, you know, <laughs> these these guys were, yeah. you know, Graham Jones was the number two at Belgium at one point, you know, and you know, Jody Morris, obviously, occasionally, occasionally these things do happen. But you it's, know, the, it's the romance of the returning hero, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, particularly the ones that are operated at that sort of level. You know, maybe, listen, like the only thing I do think is he does have to, he does have to go in at some, he does have to go in at a level way below he's been operating on. And he said he wants to be a number one. I'm talking about Duncan Ferguson, not Jody Morris here. Uh, maybe Joe, Jody Morris will get the job at Tara. Who knows? Uh, you've got, you've, and at highest, it's going to be, you would think at highest it's going to be English English Championship, and there've been a couple of oh, ones yeah. that they've come up which he's not been mentioned for. So all of a sudden you, you might think, well, maybe you know, maybe United are in that you know that sort of ballpark. Who knows? Yeah, on 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 that level, I don't think it's 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 completely fantastic, fantastical, if you like. No, I I do think there's 
it's it's um it's believable in that sense because um regardless of where he's been and actually i mean you it, the thing that does stand out is, is he's been on the coaching staff of, of Carlo Ancelotti and Rafael Benitez. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, that's not bad, is it? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that's something. Um, so, uh, and yes, I mean, he specifically left Everton. He obviously had a, a, a cushy a job, a job, job, for suspect, life. job for life. I suspect he could have stayed there forever if he'd wanted to, because he's, he's he's obviously a beloved figure by the fans. He's a legend at Everton. So I'm sure they would have had him on the staff forever if he'd wanted to stay. But clearly, and, and he, he said this himself, that he wanted to go out and, and become a manager himself. So for that reason, Absolutely, it makes it, 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 it makes sense for it to be a possibility. What I kind of figured out, Sean, is he could have stayed on the staff at Everton, but but made it clear made it clear through media contacts and all the rest that that he was desperately keen to get into management and and still being in a job. So I kind of wonder if there's a wee bit more to that. To yeah, because mo- most than would possible, yeah, most would know. stay in their job and then and then you know I mean basically pick up a wage until they got yeah, until they got the job they really wanted. Yeah, but struck me as a strange one. Well, that, it's yeah. the normal Eric. I mean, some you know somebody was speaking yesterday in the game said, "Oh, Peter Houston was at." I don't think Hoosty will become, but but Hoosty would have many legitimate reasons to be at Tannadice. He's still involved in youth coaching and scouting for Celtic and all the rest of it. I mean, you know, people, that's, that's what football people do. They meet, they catch up for they coffees, they chew the fat about yeah. loans and goodness knows what else, you know. But that's, that's it's bread and circuses, you know, let's be honest. Well, listen, I appreciate uh your time, gentlemen, and it's been a it's been a one-issue podcast this week. We will be back covering more bases <laughs> next. Well, maybe we won't be. It depends. You, you just don't know what's happening in our clubs just now. But particularly Dundee United. But it was yeah. There's lots. There's lots more we could have gone into. But like you say, it's uh, it's a it's a subject matter that will will sprout a few more plot lines. I dare say over the next few weeks. Anyway, thanks again, guys, and thank you very much for listening. Bye bye, just now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.